In life, we encounter people every day, all of whom have stories to share. We rarely take the time to ask people their personal stories, many of which will touch, move, and inspire us in some way. Matt has a passion for making authentic connections and learning about people from all walks of life. He has lived a life of giving back to the community and making a difference in people's lives. Are you ready to meet fascinating people and hear some inspiring stories? The Matt Hilton Show will introduce you to a world of possibilities you never knew existed. Sit back, be present, and enjoy. Here's your host, Matt Hilton. Hey everyone, Matt Hilton here, the host of the Matt Hilton Show. Thanks for tuning in today. Today's guest is a friend of mine, and she's an international speaker and a comedian. You don't want to miss this show. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. With almost 20 years of real estate experience in the North Texas area, the professional realtors at Hilton Realty Advisors have helped over 500 clients with their housing needs. Hilton Realty Advisors covers all areas of real estate, buying, selling, building, investing, and renting. We deliver the keys to homeownership to all through integrity, love, and joy. Call us today for all of your real estate needs. Hey everyone, Matt Hilton here, the host of the Matt Hilton Show. Thanks for tuning in today. Today's guest is a recent acquaintance, and I consider her now a friend of mine. And uh, she is a comic, a speaker, and she's a performance coach. Get ready to laugh a lot today because I laugh with Elaine Williams, and I'm sure you will too. Elaine, thank you so much for being here with me today. Well, thank you, Matt. I'm I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. So just to get this out, because there was a connection made on my show um, that just recently aired. Uh, the guest that I interviewed, she was your choral director. Is that right? In high school? Yes. Marcelie Bircher. And yes. I, this woman is just, she was just so amazing. She had these famous, famous musicals and people would come to Woodrow just so they could work with her. And we had a show choir called Variations. We were best in Texas, and we went to this big festival in California, and I just love Miss Bircher. She she was really a role model for me because my mom had taken off to Europe, and my stepmother was a little bit crazy, and so Miss Bircher was like a mom, and she was like that for a lot of people. Yeah, and you mentioned to me that she saved your life. How yeah. did she save your life? Well, okay, this this is not the funny part. So my stepmother drank a lot and we had this altercation at my high school a physical fight and I was just defending myself and she anyway and it was very traumatic and I had to go to the principal's office and my stepmother was saying I had started it and that was not true and it was just a really devastating day right. and Ms. Bircher knew what was happening at home and she came and took me and we went back to the principal's office and she advocated for me. And at the time, there was really no other adults able to do that. Yeah. And so that was one time. And then I went to visit my mother in Europe and she was having a little bit of a midlife crisis. So it was wild. I was 16 mm -hmm. and I really, I was not, it was really hard at home. And so I thought, why should I even go back? Let me just stay in Europe. And but I thought, you know what? I want to work with Miss Bircher. And she's really the only reason I came back to Texas. And I know had I stayed in Europe, I probably would have ended up in a very bad, like, trafficked or something. Because it was, you know, it was just a really crazy time in my family. And so 
I told Miss Bircher both of those stories and how much yeah. she saved me. And I reminded her again in December when I saw her. And her son, Preston, was like, I had no idea. And I was like, <laughs> your mother was amazing. And I was just all choked up. But I, I know that's a little heavy. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's what a teacher can do for kids. You know, and she yeah. multiplied me times thousands probably because she was just that person who just gave and gave and gave and was rehearsing late at night. And, you know, it was not easy, all the things she did. But that's just who she is, you know? That is who she is. That's who she is. And... And thank you for telling us that, uh, because I feel that it's important for people to understand the impact that some of these, some of my guests that I have on the show, they don't toot their own horn. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They don't. Yep. Um, they're very, they're modest, right? And so I appreciate you doing that because I know that Marcia Lee is a an influencer. She has impacted hundreds, probably thousands of lives. Um, and, um, and you are, a, an example of someone that she did have that positive impact on. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> sure. So how gets a little heavy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is what it is. It's life. Yeah. Right. And, um, and that's where you have gotten some inspiration from being a comedian, if I understand it correct, uh, correctly is, um, from your life. Yeah. Right. And so tell us a little bit, how did you become a comedian? Well, when I was six, I was kidding. So. You know, I'm going to UT Austin and I finally graduated with a BA in drama. And I'm like, great, now I'm in debt and I'm waiting tables again. What? Right. Right. And so <laughs> I'm traveling, I'm I'm doing theater, but people, I, I kept thinking, I want to go to New York. I want to go to New York. And then I had done this crazy thing called the Landmark Forum and I it helped me forgive my family. And there was a huge weight that was lifted. And then I had this community of people going, what are you moving? What's your dream? How's your dream coming? you know, community, right? And so this group of people really helped me get there. And as I was moving to New York City, I also got sober, which I would never recommend, but that's how I did it. And, you know, they were like, don't change anything. And I was like, oh my God, I had to keep changing everything. I had to keep temping and moving. And so, and I had this sweet little life in Austin and now I'm in this huge city. It's so expensive. Uh -huh. And so people kept saying, you're really funny. And I was like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> I was so stressed out, right? Like, you're like, how much is rent? And, you know, and, and I had casting directors that were like, you need to lighten up. And the agents would say, you should take improv. And somebody else would say, you really you got a laugh feeling. You're not breathing. You know, I was just, it was just a lot the first couple of years. So people kept saying, you've got to take comedy. So Finally, I was like, okay, okay, I'm listening. So I take this class and I'm horrible, Matt. Like, nope. it's one thing to do musical theater and Neil uh -huh. Simon, right? Right. Spontaneous. It's a whole other thing to like do jokes on demand, right? And so I'm coming home from class. I'm crying into my ice cream. I'm like, okay, dude. So I thought, just finish the darn class. Just go to the showcase. Mm -hmm. Just don't expect any laughs. Just think of it as a monologue. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to finish this thing so as i'm getting to the dysfunctional family stuff people are howling they're bent over laughing and i'm like my friend i wish i had taped it because my friend said i would look sort of so surprised right so and i realized i had that light bulb moment oh my god i was supposed to help people i'm supposed to help people who maybe won't go to therapy or the forum or whatever and my life made sense because there had been a lot of trauma growing up and 
And then in my 20s, I had continued, you know, we we vibe with whatever we grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow. And that's when I started doing life coach training and working on my professional speaking stuff. So it all kind of started with that moment in the comedy club, like, oh my gosh. So that's how I fell into comedy. <laughs> wow. And while you were in New York, I saw that you and have heard the up and coming star of the New York City oh, yeah. comedy there underground. A, there was a New York underground comedy festival. I mean, that yep. was a couple years ago. But um, you know, I've had the I got to tour nationally. I got to perform in Calgary and Sydney and I told jokes on a cruise in Mexico. So right now it's forty three states and four countries. I'm going for all the <laughs> okay. And all continents, all countries? or just, That would be so fun, except maybe not Antarctica because, you know. There we go. The seals don't the, laugh. And the penguins would probably just clap a little bit or, if yeah. they could. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So besides comedy, uh, you are a speaker. Yeah. So tell me about that. How did you get involved in speaking? Well, that's, it's so funny how like, I feel like everything's been like a happy accident sort uh-huh. of. So, you know, I, I'm running around New York City, I'm going to uh, auditions, I'm doing comedy shows, but you're always searching for something where you can get paid. And I had this friend and she was like, I just started an agency and I need a female on my roster. Come do comedy at the colleges. And I was like, yes. And luckily my friends were like, no, <laughs> you're not ready mm-hmm. because the college market's very competitive. And so I would have been auditioning against people who've been on The Tonight Show 10 times, you know. And so they said, Elaine, you're not ready. You're funny, but you're not, you know. But didn't you have a bunch of addictions? And I was like, yeah. So they were like, come in as the funny eating disorder girl. And so I came in as a funny lecturer, which was really brilliant. It was, you know, it was other people's ideas, but because the bar was lower, they didn't expect me to be funny. And I was talking about emotional eating, which we all know, everybody knows how to diet and work out. That's not the issue. It's the mm-hmm. emotional eating. Mm-hmm. And I was using humor to keep the 18-year-old engaged. And so my first showcase, I booked 14 colleges. And I was like, I'm in. But then, of course, you know, my agent changed. Things happened. But that's how I fell into it. And then my next agent was like, can you talk about drug and alcohol? And I was like, yeah, I had I had all the addictions, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And then my last agent was like, can you talk about sexual assault? And I was like, because it was part of my story. But I was you know, this is before me, too, was so mainstream. And so I was like, let me just meditate on that. But I thought, you know, if I can save one person from the shame and the addiction and all the things I went through. I have to. And so I was speaking about assault prevention and awareness and response way before Me Too was so mainstream, which was challenging, you know, uh-huh. but I'm glad I got to do it because I know, I know I saved lives. I know one girl told me I helped her from committing suicide. Another girl told her, told me that she stopped cutting because of me, you know, I was always trying to stay connected and getting some of the kids back into therapy and, you know, you only get an hour. Yeah. So there was always more I wanted to do, but. Help me understand, Elaine, how do you get to a point where you can open up and be vulnerable about things that are traumatic and and heavy in your life? Because there aren't a lot of people that I know of 
that want to speak freely about those <laughs> topics. Yeah. So how did you get to that place? Well, I, I think it's been an evolution. I grew my parents divorced when I was four and this was the seventies. Now everybody gets divorced, right? But at the time in my brain, something was wrong with me, my family. And so luckily though, I had the I had the experience of going, draw a picture of your family, feeling awkward, trying to talk to people, but it was good training. And then luckily, you know, landmark education saved my life. I did, you know, I did the forum, then I did some of their other curriculum, and then I did this leadership program. And that one of the things is call your coach. If you're messed up, call your coach. If you're happy, call your coach. Like, so I got trained, honor your word, you know? And so I'm so grateful. So that was part of the evolution. And then one of the gifts of 12 step is you go to these meetings and you really talk, I mean, hopefully you talk about what's really going on. Uh -huh. And there is something so healing in the group dynamic and people being able to identify. And so that has been an evolution. I mean, I'm 22 and a half years sober. So, you know, it's been sort of a process. But I, I always, if I'm asked, I try to be as open and vulnerable because I know it helps people. And I feel like I don't have kids. This is one of the ways I give back. Mm -hmm. So I speak for AA when they ask me to. I speak at other places when they ask me to because I want to use my story for good. That's yeah. that's one of my motto. So, yeah. well, bless you for doing that. <laughs> that that you are someone who has the ability. We all have the ability to share our stories, but you have um, developed that skill and that craft to share it in an effective way. Okay, y'all, that's a wrap. Stay tuned next week for part two of Elaine's story. You don't want to miss it. Also, remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you'd like to contact Matt or know a fascinating person with an inspiring story that would make a great guest, reach out to the show at thematthiltonshow at gmail.com.